As if the economic impact of the pandemic couldn't get weirder, apparently the average FICO credit score just hit another record high. We have the man Money Magazine calls America's favorite financial expert, best-selling author David Bach here to explain what the heck is going on. It is Tuesday, October 27th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I am David Bach, coming to you from my very grown-up dining table in Florence, <laughs> Italy. It's great to be with you, Bobby. Here on Money with Friends, we talk about the latest personal finance headlines, and we add in the insights and wisdom of our fantastic cast of thought leaders, including, oh gosh, how many bestsellers have you had, David? I'm losing track. 12? 10. It's 10. Easy. It's just two hands full. 10 New York Times bestsellers. 10. 10, 10, <laughs> 10 bestsellers. We're going we're gonna to mix in questions and comments from our money friends. We've got questions out on Instagram. We've got our live audience. Then we're going to leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. David, welcome back. This is going to be your third show with us. We spoke to you a month ago. Uh, Give us a quick update. I know you finally launched Finish Rich. We did. We launched finishrich.com, in fact, last week, which was super exciting because we had tens of thousands of people visit our website in just the first couple days. So finishrich.com, we have created a, a site to help you get your questions about money answered quickly. So like, where does David think you should go to open up a brokerage account? Or where do you think I should go to look at insurance? Or, or do I need insurance? Or do I, what, what should you do about my credit score? All the, the questions that I've been getting over the last 25 years, uh, I decided to put up a new financial blog that would answer the questions and direct people on the best resources. So that's at finishrich.com. We sent, we've got a newsletter that goes out now every week. And lots of great content. We just put up two new uh, podcasts this week from the David Bach Show. So come check us out at finishrich.com because we have, believe it or not, Bobby, 60 new articles with over 110,000 words of content. And you're a writer and you have a blog. So, you know, that was a lot of work to get that up. It's a lot of work and you really know how to take a sabbatical, David. (laughs) Somehow all this stuff is coming out. I thought you were going on like a year long break and it's become a multi-year break. That's partially because of coronavirus, but partially because you love it there. But uh, lots happening over there. I want to tap into something you mentioned, which is credit scores. Before we get to the piece that you are bringing to us to discuss, let's see which one of our friends is going to lead us into today's headline. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show, just chilling and chatting about the news That is why I tune in to Money with Friends. All right. The piece that we are discussing, David, comes to us from CNBC. It is by Megan Leonhart. The headline is the average FICO credit score hit new record highs during the pandemic. Here's why. And the article talks about the fact that there's a lag factor going on. So also people got a lot of financial help early in the pandemic. They got the government money and then they also um, got payment relief. So if you had bills due, a lot of the time you didn't have to pay. Now the money is still owed in theory, but like you didn't have to pay your credit card bills for a while. You got relief. So people had that. And then on the other hand, they just weren't spending as much. They weren't hitting that credit card because they were staying home. They weren't going out to big parties. They weren't dining out as much. They weren't going to Broadway shows here in New York City. We know that. So people had a lot less FOMO. They just hung out and maybe they had a Netflix bill, but they were staying home. Um, what do you think about this, David? Were you surprised? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I shouldn't laugh about this, but it's funny because 
you said we weren't going here we weren't going we weren't going anywhere right for like two right. months well italy was really 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 in a lockdown the u.s it was a little more scattered so like when i went to pay my credit card bill in april i almost like had to hit the computer to see if it was broken because there was nothing on the credit card i was like wait a minute this can't be right well it's because we didn't go anywhere we literally only spent money on food uh, and a lot of people were like that. So here's what I found this article fascinating. And I actually read multiple articles about, well, first of all, how much have credit scores increased? Because this is kind of interesting. So I went back and looked at the data. So in 2005, um, average high credit scores were 685 points. That was a FICO score, 2005. So today in 2021, as they talk about scores hitting an all-time high, uh, they're at 711. So it's, it's not that many points different, but what's, what's worth knowing is that sometimes 20 to 30 points higher can be a huge difference when you go to borrow money. So when you go to get a mortgage, it could be the difference between a quarter to a half to 1%. And what's happened, and we can talk about why scores are up now, because there's no question that the, there was a coordinated government effort this time around. Like the last recession, uh, the government was caught flat-footed, right? This time around, really the moment this all started to take place, the government put in place all kinds of stimulus packages, started sending checks, so that helped out the average American. Also, put it forced companies to have forbearance plans so that they couldn't start hitting you if you weren't able to pay your bills. Credit card companies and mortgage companies were not allowed to turn around and slam you for it. So that protected consumers. And that was really smart because if you have tens of millions of Americans have their credit score go down by 50 to 100 points, it really creates a, dr um, a drain, if you will, on the economy and the ability of the economy to recover quickly. So what I would say is while credit scores are a lagging indicator, Bobby, it's also really good news to see that credit scores are up right now versus down. And the other thing I think that's happening is that people are much smarter today about their credit scores. You know, if you go back to 2005, credit scores, you would talk about a FICO score and people were like, what's FICO? You know, who's, who's Fair Isaac? Who's this company? What do you mean you have all my information? Today, most people are aware that their credit scores are really important. Now, I think a lot of people don't know what impacts their credit score and what they can do to improve it. So we should talk about that today for sure. Yeah, actually. And we have, we did ask our Instagram money friends for questions for you. And one of the questions um, from Sarah is, at what point are there diminishing returns for a higher score? In other words, there are certain things you can do to get your score higher. Maybe you can talk about that. And then at what point is it sort of, you're good enough? Yeah, great question. So what is what, what happens when you go to borrow money is they pull your credit score. And what most lenders want to see is that you are in what they would call a good range. And a good range right now, according to Fair Isaac, is between 690 and 719, call it 720. Once you get, and that's a, that's a, that's a good solid credit score. Once you get over 720, the, it can go from 720 all the way to 850. I know some people are obsessed with having a perfect credit score. I can tell you that really, once you get over 750, people are going to loan you money all day long and they're going to loan it to you. They're going to loan it to you at the best rate. So really your goal, I think, should be to get over 720. That's when, and then, you know, the difference between 750 or 780 or 800, honestly, I don't think for most people it impacts things at all. It looks good. 
but I don't think it's going to change whether or not you can get a car loan, which I don't want you to go get, by the way, because I don't want you to borrow money to get a car. But the thing I always care the most about is when you go buy a home, I want you to get your best rate on your home loan because that ha- that's the biggest expense you'll have over your lifetime. So it's important that you play the game and do the right things to get your score up prior to going to get a home loan or prior to refinancing. Yeah, we have another question from Frugal, Frugal City Finance asking, is it harmful to cancel new cards after travel slash bonuses are met? Um, should you keep the old account active for a longer credit length? Okay, so that's a really great question. And let's go through, uh, I'll, give a, I'll give a quick answer to it after I tell you what impacts your credit score. So there's really like four or five major things that impact your credit score. And the one that she's talking about is what is known. There's two things that happen when you close a card down. Um, one of the things your credit score is, is based on is the length of time that you've had credit. So if you have a credit card that goes back 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, it's a very common thing for experts to say, don't close that card. You might not use it, but don't close that card because it looks good on your credit score. And that's true. Except what I would say today is a lot of people have taken out two, three, four, five, six, seven credit cards. And they took them out at one point and they were free cards and they took them out to get the 20,000 frequent flyer points or the 30,000 or the 50,000 or even 100,000 frequent flyer points. And now those cards, the annual fees are coming up right now and they're coming up and those annual fees can be as high as $400 annually. So what I suggest you do... And Bobby's eyes just popped up like, yeah, a lot of these cards are up to $400 annually um, and nobody's traveling. So, you know, I, I think it's a really good question. I will tell you, I'll just tell you what I did recently. I've been calling these credit card companies that I have and I have been saying to that because they're almost all travel cards. Um, if you, I want you to waive my annual fee. And if they won't waive my annual fee, then I'm like, well, then I want, I want frequent flyer points. That's the only way I'm keeping the card is if you give me frequent flyer points. I've had one of my cards, and I won't say which it is because I don't want everybody to start calling them and then they'll get all mad at me. But one of, one of my credit cards gave me 50,000 points by asking. Another one of my credit cards, which I've had for over 10 years, would not do anything. And I canceled the card. And I canceled the card because at most, maybe my credit score is going to go down 5 to 10 points for a temporary period of time. And I was so mad at that credit card company for not, after 10 years, being willing to waive my fee for a year that I'm like, see you later. I'm out of here. And so um, I have personally canceled a couple of my credit cards in the last 30 days because, A, I'm not going to use frequent flyer points probably for another year. I'm also not sure how safe these airline frequent flyer points are going to be if things stay the way they are. And I don't want to pay annual fees for cards I'm not using. So that's what I'm doing. What do you think about people that do this um, travel hacking? I mean, separate, I guess we're in this, you know, hopefully shorter period of, of COVID where people aren't traveling. But I mean, is that a good technique? I always feel like it just seems like so much to keep track of. Is it really worth it? And then you're kind of, if you go by the popular mantra that, you know, don't cancel the credit cards, you've got this drawer full of inactive credit cards. Let's assume they're not charging you annual fees. I mean, if it only hits your credit score five or 10 points, why not just cancel them? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I mean, first of all, they almost across the board within a year all charge annual fees. And the low end of annual fees is $90 a year. And the high end of annual fees is about 500 So you do have to ask yourself, am I earning enough points to make 
make it up, right? Now, I'm somebody who normally travels a lot. So I love playing the travel credit card game. And I and over the years, I change which ones I love more than others. Like right now, I love a card by Marriott Bonnevoy, but I'm not traveling. <laughs> but Marriott Bonnevoy had this credit card that was 100,000 frequent flyer points. And I started traveling and exclusively using Marriott Bonnevoy because I wanted to keep building up those points and using them. I travel probably two to three weeks a year for free off frequent flyer points. So I do like the game of credit cards and frequent flyer points when you can travel. <laughs> it, it may be, it's sad to say this, Bobby, but we may not really be traveling until 2022. You know, if you listen to the travel industry and the heads of the major airlines and the hotels, they're now talking about two to three years before travel comes back. So, wow. All right. Before we get to our takeaways, I want to just reveal the results of our Instagram poll. We asked our money friends on Instagram at money friends pod. If your credit score has changed during the pandemic, was it up or down? What do you think our money friends said, David? I How think many they got, said went up. Up. I'm going with Correct. up. Correct. 74% up. So you win. Hold that thought. We're going to get to our takeaways in just a minute. But first, all right, David, we're wrapping up now. What is your takeaway from our conversation about credit scores going higher during this pandemic? Yeah, well, first of all, you know what I think the most important thing, and we didn't say it, Bobby, is go pull your credit score. Like most people only pull their credit scores at most once a year. If you haven't pulled your credit score since the pandemic, I go pull your credit report and I would pull your credit score to make sure, number one, they're accurate. Fastest way to fix your credit score and raise it is make sure there aren't any mistakes on it. Second, most important thing you can do to get your credit score up, and it's the biggest part of your credit score, is pay your bill on time. So 35% of your credit score is a result of paying your bill on time. The, the, the key to that, make sure you pay the minimum payment automatically. So your credit cards should be set up to be always the minimum payment is paid automatically. It's debited out of your account. Then go in and pay yourself extra because I don't want you to make minimum payments. But I don't ever want you to be late because it's being late that impacts your credit score more than anything else that you do. It's also what costs you the most amount of money because once you're late, they jack your interest rates up from 20 to 29%. And the interest rate on just one credit card bill can be more than the annual fee for the credit card all year long. Um, and so that's where I would do. That's why I go, go to annualcreditreport.com, go pull your credit report, and then go get a copy of your credit score. Oh and also, gosh. by the way, so all smart. that information is yeah. on my website at finishrich.com. We've got articles and links. Yeah, you've been writing about this on Finish Rich. Um, hold that thought. I just want to add my two cents here. It's really important also in a practical sense to beyond paying more on credit cards and all those kind of things. If you have a better credit score, you're going to get better rates when you do a refinancing on your mortgage or if you're buying a home. Um, and also like it's a lot less stressful when you don't have debt. So it's a good thing. Um, you can invest more and all that good stuff. David, before we let you go, first of all, you're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about financial advisors, which is something you know a lot about. Um, you give great financial advice. As you mentioned, you've got finishrich.com. So much free information right there. Thank you. Yes. And also podcast, um, which I love doing now. We're doing a podcast every week. It's the David Box Show. And we just launched two new shows. So you can find that on finishrich.com and also on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else. Come listen to the David Box Show. 
Absolutely. All right, David, we will see you back here tomorrow. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about financial advisors. If anyone wants to learn more about David beyond going to finish rich, um, you can check out his bio and those of all of our thought leaders on our main website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And please follow us at moneyfriendspod on Instagram and Twitter. David, you are David L. Bach on Instagram and author David Bach on Twitter. Did I get that right? You did. You got that right. Yes. (laughs) All right. We'll see everyone tomorrow. David will be back. Thanks, everyone. Bye. This show is created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.